Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous to your contracts, they said, What the f are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. And every time I say the X-Files, my brain plays the do-do-do-do. You do, huh? Yep. Yep. Yes, every single time. (laughs) Rusty Quill presents Enthusiasm. Hello friends and fans and welcome to Enthusiasm, the show where we talk about a few of our favourite things. I am your host Helen Gould, one of the best rusty quillers and today we're talking about the X-Files and I am spookily excited to be joined by Alistair, Nathan and Raf. As always, we are going to be introducing ourselves alphabetically, which means, Alistair, can you please give us your pronouns and tell us what you do? Of course. 
Uh, thanks so much for having me back. I love doing these. Yay! Uh, hello, everyone. My name is Alistair. My pronouns are he, him. I co-own uh, the Escape Artists podcast company with my partner and love of my life and just generally amazing human, Marguerite Kenner. Uh, and she also edits the Hugo Award-nominated fanzine The Full Lid, which I write, and we do a bunch of other stuff as well. Also, I was in the Magnus Archives once as the unsung hero. <laughs> it really makes my soul fill with joy whenever someone describes someone as the love of their life. Aww. It's just such an amazingly like evocative phrase and I'm just such a romantic Aww. at heart. It's just lovely. It's very happy. Next up, Nathan, what are your pronouns and what do you do? Hi, I'm Nathan. Uh, my pronouns are he, him, and I write and do a bunch of different things for the storage papers. Been uh, having a lot of fun uh, between seasons right now. Uh, so lots of writing lately. <laughs> what season are you on now? Uh, we are in between season three and four. Ooh, it's very exciting. You're getting up to Magnus levels. Working on it. <laughs> <laughs> and Raph, what are your pronouns and what do you do? Hi, uh, I'm Raph. My pronouns are both she, her and they, them. And uh, I am writing for both Trice Forgotten and Cry Havoc Ask Questions Later, uh, which are yet to come. So if they're bad, hopefully by, if my episode's bad, hopefully by the time you listen to them, you'll have forgotten that I had anything to do with it. <laughs> I'm sure they won't be bad. I have utmost faith in you. Although I have just realised that is a very anxiety-inducing thing to say. So I'll take it back. <laughs> Please don't have faith in me. Please adjust your expectations. I have reasonable expectations for you. There you go. <laughs> so as with many of these episodes, we're going to start at the start. And the first question is, how did you all get into the X-Files? And every time I say the X-Files, my brain plays the do-do-do-do. You do, huh? <laughs> yep. yep. Yes, every single time. <laughs> um, does anyone want to tell me how you started watching it? It just kind of arrived. We have a very different way of interacting with and communicating with media in 2022 than we had in 1990 <laughs> or, you know, when the X-Files first launched. I think somehow my my stupid Fortean sense meant that I would scour the Radio Times looking for things which weren't a costume drama. Not that those are bad. I realize now. And I saw the listing for the X-Files and went, oh, I'll give that a try and watched it. But the first one I have a very clear memory of was actually one of the worst episodes. Oh. Fire, which is about a IRA pyrokinetic, was not shown in the initial run because it was too gory. And it was instead shown as part of BBC Two's Weird Night, or as it now becomes... <laughs> Uh, from kind of several decades in the future, everything will look like this in two decades. Get ready for it. My three abiding memories of Weird Night were the overuse of Portishead's debut album as the incidental music, <laughs> lots of stop motion video of radio telescopes doing spooky things, and this episode of The X-Files, which wouldn't even make a lot of people's top 50. I mean, it's competent. It's especially fun when she realized a tiny baby Mark Shepard doing his best, oh, Vigara, I'm Irish, and I, accent is the evil pyrokinetic in it. But it felt forbidden. It felt kind of, oh, I shouldn't be watching this, but I'm going to. And that one really cemented for me. Can I just ask, why was, why was it considered too gory? Was it just too much fire oh yeah I'd... i mean you know the the future romo lambkin sets fire to a whole bunch of people you know faces get melted off oh yeah oh i see yep faces getting melted off i understand 
Raf, how about you? How did you start watching it? Well, I was too young for it when it was on TV. When it, um, mm. So I came to it a lot later. Um, so I was vaguely aware of it being on TV when I was a kid, but also that it was a scary show and I was a big wuss as a kid. Mm. So I didn't want anything to do with it. Except when I was in year five, so for international listeners, what about ten? Um, in the book corner of my classroom, they had a novelization of <gasps> Squeeze, the third episode of the show. Oh in my, my God. the scariest episode of the show for me. So I read the novelization of that episode at the age of 10, had oh my absolute God. nightmares. And then many, many years later, in my early 20s, I think is when I finally I had some friends who were really into it. And I went, you know what, this does look like the kind of thing that I would love. And I sit down to watch it. And obviously, I get to the third episode. And it's like, <laughs> my childhood nightmares come back to haunt me. What is happening? Um, so that, that's the long and the short of it. But fortunately, it didn't put me off watching the show and it was kind of beautiful to watch it later on because I was like oh this is the origin point of so many of so many things that I love you can trace them back to this um both mm. in terms of the show and the kind of the meta thing of fandom as well I know it's kind of what is one of it was a very like formative one of the first kind of internet fandoms um and I had some friends who were slightly older who then started hosting x-files nights at their flat oh, where we cool. kind of do like a a themed batch of episodes so just to go back for a second Squeeze is the episode with the person who can like undo all of their joints and crawl through tubes and pipes and things, yeah, right? It's yes. the, yeah, yeah, it's, it's uh, what's his name? Toons. That's the name yep. of the guy. Yeah. Um, Does he eat livers? Yes, or have he, I made yeah, that? He eats livers yeah. and he comes out every 30 years to eat livers and line his nest with bile. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I was a very scared 10 year old reading this. And I still have a memory of reading, again, the novelization of the scene towards the end where I mean, Scully goes to have a bath, but he's in her flat. And oh, no, um, it's, it's, I can I can tell you it's scary written and it's scary on screen. Wow. It's it's a very memorable episode. And it's the third one. I'm always astonished that they came so hard out of the gate with that episode. Nathan, what about you? Uh, so I got into the X-Files at uh, kind of a, a weird, blurry time of my life. It wasn't while it was actually airing. It was afterwards. And of course, I was aware of its popularity and stuff. I just had never taken the time to sit down and watch it. Then at some point, my parents were buying a bunch of DVDs from Blockbuster going out of business, um, buying all their DVDs and reselling them. And they had a stack of like 20 of the X-Files movie, the one that came out after the series. So I was like, hey, I'll find out what this is about. And as it turns out, it was a terrible introduction to the series. <laughs> but uh, nonetheless, it wasn't long after watching that that I had a friend who was super into conspiracy theories, like constantly going on and on about uh, aliens and skinwalkers and, you know, all, all these things. But he'd never seen the X-Files. So I was like, hey, let's let's watch this. As it turns out, there, funny enough, wasn't enough conspiracy stuff right off the bat for him. <laughs> <laughs> but I kept going with it. And um, uh, it actually came to kind of mean a lot to me personally, just because uh, not for the horror, even though that is in some ways formative. But uh, mm. just because there was a, a really rough time in my life and I would fall asleep every night watching X-Files, just letting it play on Netflix while I 
went to sleep. And that, uh, yeah, it was uh, very helpful to me. And that's kind of a weird thing to say about the X-Files, but uh, it was. <laughs> I don't think that's a weird thing to say at all. We've had discussions on this show before about how horror can absolutely be a comfort medium. Absolutely. because. Yeah, because you're still getting like the, the heart racing and like the anxiety things. But A, you know, it's not real. And B, if you're really in deep with horror, you, you kind of know what's coming and you're familiar with the trope. So it's kind of a predictable anxiety thing. And then afterwards you can feel better. Yeah. But yeah, point is, don't feel weird. Yeah. I've just been reminded that I came across a podcast a while ago. It was called something like... um. I think it was called Fox Mulder is a Maniac. (laughs) And it's just a bunch of guys watching every episode of The X-Files and sort of writing down at which points, if Mulder was like an ordinary person, at what point he would have been fired. (laughs) (laughs) And which points he makes ridiculous leaps of (laughs) like and assumptions and how many times he pulls a gun out for no reason. But yeah, that was fun to listen to. But it's, I think it's a Patreon-only thing. I'm also trying to remember how I got into The X-Files. I think it was via a boyfriend. I think he was like, you've never seen The X-Files? And I said, no. And he said, let's watch all of The X-Files. <laughs> <laughs> but we broke up before we finished, which is actually a recurring theme in my relationships. But that's fine. Well, that, that is what I'm doing to my, my partner, the love of my life um uh, at the moment so i hope we were we get married in a couple of months i hope we don't stop before we finish the end of- i'm sure you'll do fine i mean there's there's 11 seasons or so isn't there yeah. we're not gonna watch all 11 of them oh okay <laughs> in fact like am i making this up or was there like a recent reboot there, yeah, was. there, was, there was a recent two season reboot and mm. it mm. Mm, yeah it happened definitely happened <laughs> i think in, in the interest of this show's kind of this show's interest in positivity we should not talk about the x-files reboot <laughs> i see uh, argu- I arguably see. the sole positive element is the way that Gillian anderson went okay i'm done bye everybody and and fandom, <laughs> fandom were like are you coming back for season 12 and she was like no <laughs> <laughs> I slogged on for two more seasons after David pissed off somewhere else. Oh. She's done her time. Yes. The things we do for the love of a show. Right. <laughs> I I actually really, really liked the two Mulderless seasons. Mm. I liked them an awful lot, but I suspect that will come up mm. in a bit. Okay. All right. Well, Nathan, since you just mentioned, you know, the, the dedication that one has to this show's why do you think it's such a compelling TV show for so many people? I mean, first of all, it's really well done from every level. Chris Carter created something amazing with that. And the interaction between uh, Scully and Mulder is incredibly compelling. But uh, overall, I think it's great because and this is something that uh, I think also helped with the success of other shows and like the Magnus Archives, for example, hmm. where you have the monster of the week, but also there's the overarching story. So it's it's easy to get into from a random episode that's on TV. But then as you keep watching, you realize, oh, this is a whole thing and you really hmm. get sucked in. I think that's what made it a winning show overall. Of course, it wouldn't have been there without the amazing sound design, the acting, the the whole production. But um just as a concept, I think that's what made it amazing. So it's just the the core concept was just such a good idea. Yeah, 
I mean, it, mm-hmm. how often was there something that was like that where it was just you could hop in and just sit down, you know, at a random night or a random week and watch this and be satisfied with what you watched? And then when you watch it again, you realize need to keep going. <laughs> <laughs> There's more to it. I do seem to recall that it was one of the first shows that sort of had that kind of genre thing going on. Like it was one of the first sort of spooky sci-fi thing. I don't, I can't, when did it first come out? It was in the 90s, right? Late 90s. So it was just starting to hit Millennium Fever. Right. And it it almost feels like if you kind of minority report it and put a block of X-Files here and a block of Buffy here, mm. the connective mm. tissue between the two is really strong. Buffy becomes almost the next stage of the equation the X-Files tries to solve. Yes. In that it's a show about trying to understand the world at a time where the world feels colossal and ununderstandable. Mm. I think alongside maybe Twin Peaks is the third point of that triangle. Yes, good of, point. Of, of the world is full of strange things and <laughs> they diverge where Twin Peaks goes, well, we're just never going to understand everything, are we? <laughs> and the X-Files goes, no, the truth is out there. I can find answers. And that's true about the sequel stuff as well. That The sequel X-Files shows where you want two more seasons of The Conspiracy? No, here you go. And the third season of Twin Peaks was very much, no, really, you won't understand anything. <laughs> <laughs> I have a suspicion I would really like Twin Peaks. All I know about it are from various screenshots and Tumblr posts, and it is completely incomprehensible to me, which makes me want to watch it. Absolutely. <laughs> a guy goes to a town to investigate a, a murder or a disappearance of someone, and then the town is weird, is is the gist of what I've gotten from Twin Peaks. Yeah, I, I have not watched all of it yet, and that is partly because... The f- very first episode of it is, sorry, I know this is not a Twin Peaks podcast, but but here we are. That's okay. uh, the very first episode, I'd say, is sort of scarier. There's nothing overtly, in it, but the whole thing is so menacing yeah. that it mm. took me quite a long time to go back to it. I felt quite sort of shaken up at the end of that first episode. And this this does link back to my slightly vexed relationship with the X-Files because I'm still, to this day, not a big horror fan because of quite an overactive imagination Mm. um and i think that's one of the things that i love so much about the x-files is the scully approach because i kind of see her role as as to kind of to kind of crack the roof open and bring light into things and there's this kind of irony in that you know like Mulder is obviously the one who talks about the truth all the time but the scully approach of well if i can use the information that i have if i can make deductions then i can kind of face down the dark and the incomprehensible that's in front of me and that's an approach i find incredibly reassuring and helpful mm. um and every time i come back to watch the show scully's character has aged better and better and Mulder is <laughs> more and more like get out Mulder. <laughs> so is that part of what makes the X-Files compelling to you then, that you relate to Scully and you find her character? Yeah, it's, I can think draw. of three main reasons. One of them is that. The second one is, we're talking about genre, it's the way that it plays with its own genre so much. Mm. Like, I don't think I've ever watched another show that kind of satirizes itself so much, but so easily kind of flows into other genres. Like, there are episodes you can point to where you're like, yes, this is overt horror, but this is a, a comedy episode, but it's not bad in the way that most comedy episodes are. It's kind of, um, <laughs> the way that it managed to make something that was so fluid, um, which is a, a, a creative risk for a show that kind of has built itself on this is the show about conspiracy theories and area 51 and it's like but now we're going to do something 
sort of kooky. <laughs> and I love how unexpected that is. And a kind of corollary of that, as I've been rewatching it recently, is how beautifully directed so many of the episodes are. Like, I was one of my favorite episodes is Triangle. I was watching that the other day, which is the one that's partly set in the 40s and it does all those like Alfred Hitchcock one shots. Um, oh, is it a Bermuda, the Bermuda Triangle? Tri- yeah, yeah, episode. that's the yeah. one. And it's that kind of Wizard of Oz and you were there and you were there thing because like Scully and Skinner and everyone have their kind of 1940s counterparts. And it is so beautifully directed and it all leads up to this shot where 1940s Scully and present day Scully kind of cross over in the corridor. And it's just gorgeous. And it's like, well, you didn't need to do that. You're in season six of the show by this point, but you, you wanted to and you felt like you could so you did Mm. um so that's the that's the second reason it's just it feels like a show that was continually pushing itself into new areas not always for its good sometimes for its detriment (laughs) but and then the third reason I can why it's so compelling to me is that at the bottom of all of it it is a show about two people whose love language is saving each other's lives um, and that is kind of the best show I can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> Alistair, how about you? Why do you think The X-Files is so compelling? Uh, I, I think it's it's a couple of different reasons. Like I say, for me, being a horribly traumatized late-end teenager, arriving at the end of a millennium as this thing was happening, it kind of mm. felt like a spiky, unpleasant, partially unclassified life raft. Looking back on it, I actually have a bit more nuance to that. And the reason why it's, it's stuck around in my head is at the time I really wanted to be Mulder. He was great. He was erratic and and charming and knew weird stuff and, and and just he was cool and he didn't have to feel awkward or terrified all the time. Um. And now I see him and I go, yeah, that's a man child. <laughs> I was absolutely, it's absolutely legit. I identified with him when I was seventeen. I'm forty five. It's kind of an asshole. <laughs> um, the thing I wasn't expecting when I revisited it, well, there was a thing I was expecting and the thing I wasn't. The thing I was expecting was at the time, I was five years into being a Catholic. My parents changed religion when I was 12, and I changed with them. And it was interesting. It actually helped at a time in my life where I really needed it. So seeing Scully engage with her faith and the collision between Scully's scientific training and the fact that two or three times in the season, an angel pops up and goes, hiya, was really (laughs) interesting. And that tied into a lot of kind of the architecture that was being laid into my brain at the time about whether it was possible to balance science and faith and all that Mm. kind of stuff. And, And it was. And I mean, Helen, you'll know this because I've talked about this on other shows. The thing which really hit me when I revisited it was Skinner. Yeah. Because Walter Skinner is big and bald and has glasses and is a point of absolute moral authority. And he's there to help. And Mm. he was one of the two times in 1990s TV I looked at someone and went, oh, oh, he's one of mine. The other one is Dr. Mark Green from ER. I went, started going Mm. bald when I was 19 as punishment from the vengeful gods for having a mullet. (laughs) Uh, There are no photos. Don't look. My mother burnt them. (laughs) Oh, dear. (laughs) And Walter helped massively Mm. at a time in my life where I needed that. I needed to see someone who was built like me and who thought like me. And it wasn't a show that how can I put this? It wasn't a show that taught me how to be me. It was a show that taught me the tools I had and mm. trusted me to help build them myself. That's really, really, that's like a really nice, heartfelt thing to say. I've also, I have just had a kind of like a flashback memory to Mulder's nickname being Spooky. <laughs> Am I correct? Yes, And it was. he says to Scully, do you think I'm Spooky? 
not not to go all fan fiction for a second, I refuse to believe anyone called him spooky other than Mulder. <laughs> you tried to get it going at the academy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was kind of spooky of me, right? Back to the basement, Fox. My God. <laughs> so do you think Mulder made up a conspiracy theory that everyone called him spooky and propagated it himself? Yes. Okay. At a certain point, that paranoia has got to be self-sustaining. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, very enlightening today. I'm so happy to always have such smart people on. Um, And I think on that, we're going to take a break. Cool. And we'll be back after these ads. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive in June gives you Everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. 
For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. And welcome back. Okay, we're going to get into the meat of it now. I want to ask whether anyone has a favorite episode or monster in The X-Files, or even conspiracy, in fact. I already mentioned one of mine, which is Triangle. Um, mm. But the one, the episode I've watched the most is Bad Blood, um, which oh, is good the, it's a great, great episode. It's the one to recap. It's the one where um, sort of small town vampires, it starts with Mulder murdering a child. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> it starts with Mulder staking a teenager um, because... He thinks he's a vampire and then Scully's like, he's wearing plastic teeth. So the episode format is basically them essentially, they're getting their story straight, kind of. You see the events that went down uh, first from Scully's perspective and then from Mulder's. Um, And it's just, it's really clever. It's really funny. It's got Luke Wilson giving a like very game performance in it (laughs) as sort of like hick sheriff. Like it's, and it's great because as well as being like just a, like a beautifully kind of like sharp episode, it was the episode that according to, I think I've got this right, Chris Carter was like, this episode proves why they shouldn't be together romantically. And so much <laughs> of the episode is about Mulder being jealous of Scully kind of fancying Luke Wilson. So that's not the sole reason why it's great, but it's a, it's a strong contender why it's great. And ultimately what it boils down to is, oh, look, they're best at solving mysteries when they work together. And the, I think oh. the counterpart episode to that is the one where the shrooms episode, where they're high on the fungus and everything, <laughs> they and they don't know what's real and what isn't real. Oh, but they have to kind of they have to kind of see things from each other's perspective in order to sort of snap out of what's going on in that one. So yes, those those are always my favourites. Are the ones that are kind of giving a bit of a twist on the format, basically. Does Mulder ever get prosecuted for child murder? Or? <laughs> no, it's all right because it turns out. Spoiler, he was actually a vampire. Oh, okay. Well, that's fine then. That's fine. So it's all okay. Mulder didn't actually murder a child. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Nathan, do you have a favourite? It's it's tough for me. I'd say the the one I've watched the most, for sure. I don't know if I'd call it my favourite necessarily, but the one I've watched the most is... um, The Christmas episode where they go stake out the mansion, the haunted mansion, mainly because... I like watching Christmas themed episodes around Christmas time. Mm. <laughs> and that's a that's a great go-to. But beyond that, I'd say probably the the Frankenstein's monster episode. Oh, yeah. That's the great one. Yeah, that is a, a beautiful <laughs> um and literally it was a beautifully filmed episode. Um uh, and that's probably because it is the most different episode and that it's filmed in black and white. Um, oh, is it? Yeah, that's uh, always sticks out in my mind is, I mean, aside from it being a, a fantastic episode in and of itself, it uh, is an easy one to immediately think of as a great one uh, yeah. because mm. it sticks out. It's also got one of the best episode names of all of them. Um, they called the Postmodern Prometheus. That's yes. the one. Yep. And just just hits on every level, that title. <laughs> 
and Alistair. What about you? I actually want to pick up on something that both Raph and, and Nathan talked about, which is that the episodes that really pop are the ones which try weird things. And season nine, episode 13, is called Improbable, and it remains one of the oddest hours of TV I've ever seen. The start is not promising. The start is pretty bog-standard <laughs> lady murder. And the interesting thing about it from a critic's point of view is it's really an episode that starts the discussion about whether or not we are allowed to have crime fiction, which doesn't start with, oh, a dead lady again. And the answer is mm. we do and we have to. But the crux of it is that Burt Reynolds plays God oh. and and possibly Gaia and that the interesting side effect of having Bert, he's credited as Mr. Bert in the episode, is if he hangs around long enough somewhere, people spontaneously break out into musical numbers. And he runs into this serial killer and basically has this long conversation with him about, do you really want to do this? And then Scully and Reyes begin investigating it. And all of this culminates in the pair of them chasing the killer, failing to catch him, and being locked inside a parking garage with Burt Reynolds, who might be God, and who really just <laughs> wants to play board games with them. And this leads to what I would argue is the single best line delivery Gillian Anderson does in the entire series, where <laughs> Burt, who is of course wearing a, an inherently Burt Reynoldsian Hawaiian shirt, pops up from behind a car and goes, hello, can I help? And Gillian Anderson pulls her gun out and yells, you're under arrest. For what? <laughs> and there is this moment where you can see her rational brain just going, oh. And her delivery on, I don't know, without lowering <laughs> the gun, makes me laugh every time. And it's just, it's a lovely, profoundly weird hour of TV. And it actually works as beautifully as a standalone. It works beautifully as a piece of just weird postmodernism. Mm. And a friend of mine who's one of the people who so he, he's very, very fond of the conspiracy arc, loves it because it's inherently reassuring. Because Mr. Burt is some form of avatar of the planet. The reassurance he takes away from it is that, yes, the invasion will begin. But it won't go well because Earth has this weird thing attached to it, which makes people break out into mildly period romance musical numbers. And that's OK. And it just it embraces the weirdness at the core of the show so beautifully. We should talk about the main dynamic of the show, which is Mulder and Scully. And you know what? It's the same formula that makes BuzzFeed Unsolved so much fun. <laughs> it's just inherently a good combo to have a skeptic and a believer doing stuff um do they get together in the end oh uh, yeah i wish i wish there was a straight answer to that <laughs> i can't believe it <laughs> <laughs> no one knows the conspiracy it's complicated with Mulder and scully yeah they there's there's a kid and it mm. oh the kid is an alien yeah it, it depends <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean it depends it's not our fault <laughs> I'm sorry. look it's, it's all very straightforward oh. right? they have a child but they're not together and maybe the child is Mulder's but also maybe also an alien uh, and also they're in love but also they can't stand each other um, and also they're on the run from the law but also they can just walk into FBI offices with no problem so it's all just it's very clear it's I don't know what anyone has a problem with okay. the, the, there is actually a, le a legitimate somehow Palpatine has returned moment <laughs> which I think is at, at the top of one of the two reboot seasons where after they literally as, as Rafa said they literally go on the run for their lives against a hostile world which will eventually bring them down and then fight like 
however many years later, they're relatively happy and living under their own names. And they just get a note from the FBI saying, all is forgiven. And they're like, all right, back to the day job. <laughs> that is such a trap. Please come in. <laughs> that you is will definitely not be arrested. Love and hugs, XOXO, David FBI, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear. Scully at least should be smart enough to figure that one out. That's why she left after season 11. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm just imagining Julian Addison being like, you made Scully stupid. I'm not having it. <laughs> <laughs> the, in, in all fairness, there is a lot to recommend in each one of the seasons. It's just the last two seasons are short, mm -hmm. so there's less to recommend in them. But there are genuinely a couple oh, of okay. really good episodes buried in that. Yeah, there really are. And... um. Let's go back to the, the relationship thing. I think it's summed up best for me by, you can find this on YouTube. There is an interview, I think, you know, while the show's on with, with David Duchovny. And I think someone asks him about like, oh, well, this romantic tension, is this ever going to be resolved? Oh, no, no, they say like, okay, well, what would you say? What would you say to Mulder? And he goes, are you kidding me? Kiss that girl. She's always looking at you with her mouth open. <laughs> they did kiss, didn't they? In the, in the movie? Or is that a, a, it's a hazy memory well, for me? Well, um, I believe. <laughs> um, uh, I think in the film, they definitely filmed the kiss and then I think it was cut because I think the <gasps> version they go with in the film is that they're about to kiss and then a bee stings Scully's neck or something. Nothing <laughs> Ralph is saying is a lie. This is That's all what it on was. film. You have such a ride ahead of you. <laughs> Yeah. Um, this, but no, they do because they have they, they do there's, there's a weird there's a there's a crossover episode with Millennium um, and it's New Year's Eve and they think the world's going to end and it doesn't end and they do they do kiss on then at New Year's Eve but also kind of hilariously the episode that Gillian Anderson wrote starts with them in bed together so there's, there's this very like it, it goes it goes into this territory where they're like yeah look we're not going to do like big declarations but you can assume from this point you can mm. you know, you can assume it's happening. We're not going to show it to you. What is what's their ship name? Is it Smolder? It should be. <laughs> Damn well, should be. <laughs> should be. <laughs> or Skulder, which sounds like a Pokemon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nathan, thoughts? I can't say I was rooting for them to be together. And in general, mm -hmm. I don't root for relationships in media. I don't know what that says about me, but uh, I, I just think media is better if it doesn't become centered on that, unless that's, you mm. know, of course, what the story is actually about. So I was perfectly happy leaning on the won't they side of <laughs> will they, won't they. <laughs> but of course, there's some things that can't be ignored, like the about to kiss, like the waking up in bed together. Which honestly, I'd completely forgotten about that kiss <laughs> until started talking about that today. Because um, honestly, the the only thing that I really remember, and I think this was from the movie, maybe it was from a, an episode around that time. Again, all a blur. Just the moment of either Mulder or Scully, one of them, of course, walking into a room, flicking on lights, and nothing happens. It's just completely dark, and like you know, gives it a few more flicks, nothing happening. And you think just the power's out, the light's out, whatever. And then you look up and the light's completely covered in bees. <laughs> I thought that was a great moment and it's always stuck out to me. Mm -hmm. That is really, oh, 
oh, there's something about massive masses of insects that's really like visceral to me. I really don't like it. <laughs> there's quite a, there's quite a few insect episodes over the course of the show. It's, it's a well they go to fairly often. Is it just bees or do they branch out? They branch out. There's a cockroaches <laughs> episode. There's, that's a good one. Yeah, there's the one with the little green glowy bugs. That's a very good episode. Um, I'm sure there are others. There's the fluke man. Maybe he counts. What's the fluke man? Okay. So, no. <laughs> <laughs> this episode is just me saying, what is this? No, and everyone like... <laughs> taking a big, deep breath. <laughs> I think it's like a season two episode where basically a fluke has in like a tapeworm, um, but it's like a guy who's evolved, who lives in the sewers, who's evolved into a sort of part man, part tapeworm creature. Uh. It's quite a gross show a lot of the time. <laughs> oh, yeah. I can respect that. We are coming towards the end of the episode, but we've got time for one more question. How would you describe the show to someone who'd never seen it? Like, how would you pitch it to someone? I think I would say it's a sci-fi show about a skeptic and a believer figuring out whether conspiracies are real or not. And they always are, but not quite. Any advances on that from anyone? I think I would maybe say, uh, do you want to watch a show that somehow brilliantly exemplifies all of the worst things about the 70s to 90s conspiracy theory slash satanic panic? <laughs> think, yet somehow is the most inventive show you've ever seen. And, and also you would like the leads to have a little kiss sometimes. Aww. Aww. I would. <laughs> what do you reckon, Alistair? I have a couple. Uh, there's slightly facetious one is supernatural's older brother is a cop and actually that's kind of awesome <laughs> and all joking aside a whole bunch of the production stuff from the x-files ended up on supernatural i think that they even shot a lot on the big spooky road the that's where it comes from the road that the car goes up and down <laughs> in kentucky that's also kansas that's definitely never vancouver it's originally the x-files <laughs> uh so the, the the that would be like the cheap one i think the the best analytical way i could describe it is it is a fictional mapping of the impact of pre-millennial tension actual millennial tension and post-millennial tension on how we interact with the fantastic also there is occasionally kissing but it's complicated <laughs> complex kissing the best kind mm -hmm. nathan how about you how would you sell the show to someone Whew, i don't I, I think alistair uh really took that one away <laughs> um I'd I'd probably lean pretty close to what you said, Helen. Um, it's a sci-fi horror mystery show that at its core is about belief and yeah. what that means and why we believe. Yes. It's, it's literally just hit me that it's basically an exploration of faith. Oh, yeah. On both of their parts. Oh, that's so interesting. Oh, yeah, the, the X-Files walked so Damon Lindelof could run. Oh, Absolutely. <laughs> So we're coming towards the end of the episode and I have one last sort of quickfire kind of question. And that question is, do you relate more to Mulder or Scully and why? For me, I relate to Scully in the, you know, in my day-to-day -day life, I do like to think about things properly and have evidence for things. But there's always, there's, there's a part of my soul that is Mulder where it's like, ah, but what if? I like the possibility of things. Does someone else have an opinion on that? So this one's kind of... Funny because, uh, so for anyone who doesn't know, Jeremy, the creator of the Storage Papers, um, has also had podcasts where he does paranormal investigations, big, you know, believer in ghosts and the supernatural and everything. Ah. 
So I am the opposite. I don't believe in anything supernatural. So we we have very much of a <laughs> Mulder and Scully dynamic. And that's uh, right now on our Storage Papers Discord. That's my nickname on there is TSP Scully. <laughs> so, yeah, I, uh, I'd say I relate to Scully more. Excellent. Well, I think I, I said earlier that I, I find Scully's approach very weirdly comforting and useful to hold on to. But I don't mm. think I really relate to either of them, which I think is kind of the the beauty of the show is, for me, this is the absolute core of the show is is their relationship. And I don't mean their romantic relationship, I mean their whole relationship. Because um, mm. I love both of them, but I never love them apart so much as I love them together. So I think it's either neither or both, because they've definitely got my share of kind of woo-woo beliefs, but that makes me one that makes me want to be more critical and more analytical about documented paranormal things because i do mm. think that some kind of truth is out there but there's so much stuff that comes up where i'm like well we need to debunk the nonsense because there is something beyond our perception that exists in the world alistair what do you think so Around the time the show blossomed, I somehow persuaded friends of mine to chip in on a paranormal VHS video mail order club. This lasted oh! precisely one month, and it lasted the oh. time it took for us to order a copy of and watch, once, UFO Secrets of the Third Reich, a video which is 25 minutes long, 23 minutes of which needed to not be there, and which is roughly 85% less interesting than the name suggests. It is literally, look, aircraft. Aliens, ooh, and a guy who's and I, I would I would swear this on a copy of every holy book in existence. The single expert whose hair parting changes every single time they cut back to him, every time. So it's fair to say at that point in my life I related very very strongly to Mulder, and I still do. I mean, anyone who's met myself and Marguerite would have no doubt of which one of these bitrepid FBI agents is my avatar when I'm in a relationship, and it's not the conflicted ex-Catholic. Um, <laughs> I draw elements of tremendous comfort and relation from both of them and from Skinner. I think at the time of my life I'm at now, the one who I identify with most is Skinner. And it, it's partially mm. because of the pragmatism, and it's partially because of the feeling that I've grown into who I am. And he mm. has that tremendous serenity and self-knowledge, which the show explores in a couple of its best best solo episodes. And when I was a teenager, I wanted to be Mulder. I'm all right with the fact that on my good days, I'm pretty close to Walter these days. I'm just I'm just looking up Skinner now uh, to check that he is who I thought he is. And he is. There's something very iconic about his look with those glasses and the bald head. Well, one of the things which I, I really liked was when cosplaying became a, a thing which my income briefly allowed me to do, I realized that if push comes to shove, I could just buy a suit and a trench coat and write FBI on a post-it note and, and shave my head a little bit. I could go as him. It'd be great, you know? Yeah, you absolutely could. Yeah. I mean, look, shortly after I watched The X-Files for the first time, I cut my hair short and dyed it red. <laughs> so... Yes. <laughs> Fantastic. On that... I think we are going to end the episode. Thanks so much. This has been weirdly a bit more chaotic than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> I did not realise that the X-Files was so ridiculous. And in hindsight, I'm like, why did you think it would make sense? Um, <laughs> thank you all so, so, so much for coming on the show. It's been great. Listener, I will see you on the next episode. But for now, it's goodbye from me. Goodbye. 
And it's goodbye from all of them. Do you all want to say goodbye? Goodbye, Will. Goodbye. <laughs> the truth is out there. Enthusiasm is a podcast distributed by Rusty Quill and licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Share-Alike 4.0 International License. It is directed by Helen Gould, produced by Lori Ann Davis, with executive producers Alexander J. Newell and April Sumner. This episode of Enthusiasm was edited by Elizabeth Moffat and Kathy Ranella. Thanks for listening. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hello all, it's Helen here, the voice of Azu from Rusty Quill Gaming and the host and director of Enthusiasm. Today, I'm here to tell you about The Program. The Program audio series is a science fiction anthology podcast set in a world where money, state, and God are fused into a single entity. Every episode is a standalone story featuring ordinary people 
inhabiting this extraordinary world. And for them, it's not the future that is terrifying, but our present. The programme is sometimes funny, sometimes poignant, but it is always smart. Find out more about the programme at www.rustyquill.com or www.programaudioseries.com or search for the Programme Audio Series wherever you listen to your podcasts. Have fun and enjoy the episode. 